Hey Sam. Hey Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Silence of the Lambs? I am, because after all, we, we are, are the watchers of movies. Hi everyone. Hello. <laughs> Good afternoon wherever you are it's like 1 30 to us yeah we're sitting on lauren's parents deck again which it's very is nice beautiful it's a gorgeous day it is it is another gorgeous day yeah and the sun is out this deck is beautiful thank yeah. you brian leslie yes thanks mom and dad um and we have a little tiny movie topic that we wanted to do which we were calling legendary movie villains but then it kind of kind of warped to, like, just movie villains in general. Because yeah. I was having a hard time coming up with ones that weren't, like, really obvious. Like, they were, like, Darth Vader. Yeah. And, like, you know, and I... And yeah, I there's like, only I so many of those that you can obscure. talk about. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you... Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Um. So, one of the ones on my list is Killian Murphy from the movie Red Eye. Oh, my God. That's a good one. I really like that movie, and he's an amazing villain in yes. that movie. And I really like Killian Murphy in general, and uh, I would recommend that movie. He's pretty evil. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. that's a good and one. And Rachel McAdams, in rare form, is not just playing, like, the romantic lead. You know, she's, she's like playing, really like, a tough... She's, badass in that movie. Yeah, she's yeah. very tough and... Like, really smart, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, I would say that's probably my favorite Rachel McAdams film, and I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm, like, a huge fan of her. I generally, like, I don't really care if I see her movies or not. And that's kind of how I feel. I'm not, like, I don't dislike her. I just am, I'm indifferent. I don't really care, you know? Yeah, I like her, but I, I think her movies are very similar. She, yeah. She's kind of, like, a more interesting Katherine Heigl. Yeah. <laughs> and the um, fact that and she a makes... better Katherine Heigl, because Katherine Heigl is the worst. <laughs> well, I'm just... The, the types of movies she makes are usually romantic, but I like hers better because they're uh, maybe quirkier. Yeah. Like, she made a movie called About Time with Domhnall Gleeson. I did want to see that. It's pretty cute. <laughs> so, I need, to, I need yeah. to see that one. It's a really good... There's a really good um, secondary father-son story that made me get a little sad. Like oh, it's really? It's a really good it's story. It's Bill Nighy, isn't it? Yeah. I see. That's what I wanted to see because I really like him. Yeah, and it's him. he wouldn't dis it won't disappoint you. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, Killian Murphy, excellent villain. Red Eye, really good movie. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good one. Mine is Amon... Uh, I'm just going to try and pronounce his name. Amon Gothe from Schindler's List, Ralph Fiennes' character. Oh, yes. wow, really good he one. He was like... Oh, man, he was pure of, evil. Uh, he was awful. Like, he... I only saw that movie once, but he made such a huge impact on me. Like, his character was so creepy and devastatingly awful. Like, it just... Yeah, really, could, really stuck with me. I mean, I could talk about his character for hours. Oh, yeah. There's some parts... There's a part that I really love that I try to think about... I try to think about it in my own life, um... Liam Neeson's character notices that Ray Fiennes' character is, is killing people just on a whim. And Liam Neeson does the best he can to try to change him. And he talks about how true power is forgiving. Like, mm -hmm. you have the power to kill or to forgive. And it, and I mean, the character is so evil that it only works on him for like five seconds. He right. like forgives that little boy and then he kills him as he's walking away. But I try to think of that in my own life because I think it takes a truly 
a truly deep person to have that effect on somebody where you can think of a way to teach them where they don't realize you're teaching them. And I, obviously it didn't stick because he was so evil, but it did, it, it broke through the surface at least. Right. And I just really love that moment. And I think in life, if we can all have that sort of desire to teach, I think we would be better people. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't remember that much of the movie. I saw it like when I was in like high school. So. Oh, okay, but it's good. I, I recommend enough about him watching it. Too. That's he's a good choice. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, yeah. And he beats his secretary, and he just, he like and he yeah. like has this like weird relationship with her where he's like in love with her, and she's yeah. I think he's so terrified of him. Like that was really what made a huge impact because I remember her like bathing him or something. I think he like hit her. I don't. I don't no, remember. I guess. He came down to the basement where she lived, like she was staying, and she had been bathing herself, and he beat her up. Oh, okay. But I think he liked her because he she was scared of him, but also um, when he was trying to pick a secretary, all these women were super eager. They, like, raised their hand, and she was more concerned about being warm. I That's how I took it. Her hands were inside of her jacket, and she was oh. more concerned about keeping warm than doing whatever, you know, like, he wanted people to volunteer for, and I think that's why he chose her, because I think... Ooh, he saw a challenge creepy. almost. He's a good. That's a really good yeah. choice. Ugh. Need to rewatch that. Yeah, movie. I would recommend. I think you should rewatch it. Yeah. It's definitely worth watching every once, every once in a long while. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, not, like, every every movie. ten years. Yeah, you know, maybe rewatch. Um, yeah, go. It's your next one. Um, I picked Ed Harris <laughs> from the Truman Show. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily somebody that you might think of initially as a villain, but he was a really good. I disagree with that. Well, I mean, <laughs> like the movie itself is kind of lighthearted, but with such dark undertones yeah. that it. For a second, I I thought, is he a villain? Yeah, he is. He's a mega villain, oh, big time. And I love it. I I, I love that movie because I wouldn't even think of that one. But that's yeah, it's one, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I think, and he he's so. He's so evil, he's subtly evil almost. Yeah. Not so subtle, but subtle at the same time, because he created this show and everybody loved it, and nobody thought about the repercussions. Yeah. You know? Like, and all he wants to do is control this guy's life. Yes, you know? yes. He um, wants to, he's God, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Harris is in uh, Westworld, and he plays oh. a very, like, he's pretty much like the main villain in that. Oh, really? Yeah. He's very, like, like, his whole thing, oh, he's so gross and creepy, like, he's... He, like, goes to attack um, Evan Rachel Wood, and he is, like, dragging her into a barn, and he's like, no, it's better when you fight. Like, Yikes. very obviously, like, going to assault her. And it was just so, you're like, oh, my God. And, they're, I mean, they're, they're not human. Like, he's human, but they're not human. But they're human enough where it's like, your compassion, your empathy as a human being should definitely kick in because they passed the Turing test. You know what oh, I mean? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, they they look like they're human. If you hadn't known, or if you didn't know that they weren't, you why would you know? You know what I mean? Like, that's how real they are. So, Interesting. Yeah. That first season was really good. The second, I stopped watching it, and I'm not sure if I'm going to pick it back up because it got kind of bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. I like it. I the first season. I don't think I'd recommend the second okay. one. Maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's on HBO, though, so... I don't know. Oh, I probably won't yeah. check it out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry. Well, I, I don't know. That I have, I have yeah, I think you can get, like, an HBO add-on with Hulu, which... Yeah. During quarantine, I got Disney Plus, because, you know, why yeah. not? But then, now that quarantine is ending, I'm like, maybe I should get Hulu, as, <laughs> or not Hulu, HBO as well, but... 
you know, I'm acting like I'm Daddy Warbucks or something. <laughs> and I just have all this money to throw around on streaming services that I'll use maybe once a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I use mine every day. So. No, I mean, like, these extras. Like, I use Netflix oh, yeah, and Hulu, yeah. but, like, Disney Plus I don't use every day, you know. No, so. I wouldn't. I, I can't. In my mind... Okay, and I have to say that there's a bird that's chirping very annoyingly, so if you hear it in the background, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I hate that bird. It's driving me nuts because I hear one that's similar to it every morning at 5 a.m., and I have to close my window, and it drives me up the wall. <laughs> anyway, so we can hear it. Our listeners, it's, it's a bird. That's what I'm going to say. I like birds. <laughs> I, <laughs> that was such a random topic, but I anyway... Unless they're waking me up at five in the morning with an alarm type sounding chirp, you know, like then I'm like, okay. I I don't know. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> it bothers me. <laughs> okay. Anyway, my next one is Damien from The Omen. Oh, I've There's never seen that movie. It's good. Is I would it? not watch the remake though. The yeah. remake is not good. I generally can. I would guess that any like horror movie that's been remade, it's like very iffy. The, so the original has uh, Gregory Peck and, um, I can't remember her name, but anyway, she and him, they're playing a married couple, and, like, it feels like they've been married for a while. You know what I oh, mean? Like, okay. the way that they act, you're like, okay, these people love each other. Mm-hmm. But then Leif Schreiber and Julia Stiles are in the new one, and you're like, these people oh. were just put into a room and told that they're married. Like, they have no chemistry. Julia Stiles... Is, is an actress who I feel like for, because she was in 10 Things I Hate About You, which is a movie I really enjoy of hers, she sort of skyrocketed to this level of fame that I don't know if I would have given her otherwise. Um, I, agree I with don't you. know if she's an actress who I find particularly captivating in most of her roles. And she's kind of like a Maggie Gyllenhaal to me. Okay. Yeah. Like very, like, I like her more than I like Maggie Gyllenhaal, but I, to, to let you guys all know, I was going on and on about Maggie Gyllenhaal and the role of Rachel Dawes in The Dark Knight to, to Sam the other day, because I did not like her in that role, and I thought Katie Holmes played a, I thought she played a, a much more interesting character of her. Yeah, I think that's unfortunate. Um, movie sequels that don't have the same cast, and they just recast, a lot of the times get on my nerves as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so Damien. Um, yep, Damien and, and the Omen. That's a good one. That's yeah. a really good movie. I own it. If you ever want to watch it, maybe I, someday. Yeah. I feel like I so, I have I had both of them at one point, but I feel like I sold the new one because I was like, I don't care. Get the seven or eight bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but I do have the original one. The original one is very good. All right. Yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah. yeah. So I have on my list um, Magua from The Last of the Mohicans. Okay, I've never seen that one. It's. I love it. I grew up with it. I've seen it many, many times. Beautiful score. Um, it's based on a book which I tried to read more than once and haven't been able to like get through like the first chapter. It was Mists of Avalon for me. I'd get about yeah. halfway through and I'd be like, I can't do I it. tried to I read Mists of can't. Avalon as well, but the book was so huge that I couldn't take it anywhere. So I know. Like, um, no, Magua is a really good villain. Uh, he cuts out a man's heart. Oh, oh, wow. Well, the man is still alive, so there's something wow. to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if people watching it right now, having never seen it throughout their life, 
may not find it as enjoyable as I do. Is it from the early 90s? I believe so. Okay. Middle. I mean, Madeline Stowe is in it, and she's beautiful, I think. She she's is beautiful. She's a beautiful actress. And uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Of course. So I recommend it, but with a caveat of if you're seeing it for the first time right now, just know I understand if, if you may not like it as much as somebody like me who has seen it many times throughout okay. the years. But it, it, the score is beautiful regardless so that, yeah, I feel so like with the omen. I feel like that does stay. Like, I think it does. What's that word? Um, it stays relevant. It, not relevant, but um, it doesn't feel dated. Oh, okay. Like it feels like it's not like the Exorcist feels dated. You know, like well, I've never seen re- the Exorcist. Okay. It's. I mean, I don't like possession movies because I think they're boring. So. I don't really care about seeing exorcism movies or, or demonic possession movies because I'm like, I don't, I don't really care. Like, that's not my interest, you know? Um, so I saw it and I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, I was just like, I was like, I mean, I guess. Like, I guess this is a horror movie. But um, when my mom first saw it, it freaked her out so much. And she talks about it all the time as to how much it freaks her out. So, I don't know. It's, I don't feel like the omen is dated like that, and I feel like the special effects are pretty, they're pretty good. Like, they're not, like, they're not over the top, and they're not, like, I mean, they might be here and there, because it was, like, the 60s or 70s. Right. You know, so it's an older, it's an older film. But, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, do you want me to my next one? Sure. Uh, Martin Van Gare from The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, I've never seen that. I've so, never seen any iteration of it, so. I, it's very intense. I, it's very trigger warning, like, Big time trigger warning. Um, he is a really bad guy. Like, basically just manipulates and tortures his sister, and then she runs away from home, and he's still, like, the villain, and he's, like, killing people. And a uh, very good villain, though, because you, like, kind of don't expect him. And then he's like, boom, I'm the bad guy. And you're like, oh, oh. wow. I, like, you, like, he's, like, just such a put-together dude. Like, he's got a nice house, he has a nice job, so you think he's just, like, a decent guy, but then it turns out he's the villain. Interesting. The good villain, yeah. Um, hmm. I would say if you're going to see them, honestly, I would probably watch the English-speaking one more, or I would I would recommend the English-speaking one, because I think that the two leads have more chemistry than they did in the Swedish one, and it felt more authentic, you know? Yeah, I that's Daniel Craig and Rooney Mara. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whereas um, the other one was Michael Nyquist and Numi uh, Rapace, and they were fine, but there was something about their relationship that I was like, mm, I'm not really on board with this. You know what I mean? Like I, sure, didn't, I yeah. couldn't really feel the chemistry. So, yeah. Um. Well, I do have another one, and it's J.K. Simmons from Whiplash. Okay, I've never seen that one. I think there's some interesting dynamics there that capture like being in a musical ensemble of any kind but he's just he's he's so bad he's such a villain and he does it so well i think he won an academy award for really? that role wow. and the movie is really good it's it's actually a, a good candidate for like putting you on edge for most of the movie except there are some like spaces where you can breathe a little bit but he's good yeah. He does a good job. He's good at anything, though. Yeah. I mean, like, you gotta love J.K. Simmons. I know, <laughs> you I know, know. Like, yeah. Who doesn't like J.K. Simmons? He's an excellent actor. Yes. Uh, my last one is Amy Dunn from Gone Girl. Oh, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> it's really good. It's yeah. It's really good. And, you know, and I, and, and I read the book, and I read the book multiple times, and I still have to say that I think the movie's better, 
And I, the reason why the movie is better, first of all, the movie is such a good adaptation of the book. It really doesn't stray from it, like, at all, which is awesome because you you know. Like, you've read books where you're like, um, and then the movie is, like, really terrible. And what did they do? And they didn't include this part, but why did they include this part that wasn't in the book? You know what I mean? It's stuff like that. Um, whereas this one I thought was excellent. Ben Affleck is perfect in that role. Like, he was probably born for that role. Oh, wow. It's such a, he's such I a see douchey it. character. I should see it. That you're like, man, he's excellent in this. Um, but she is just, like, you're kind of rooting for her, but you, like, are like, man, this girl is fucked up. Man, she does some fucked up shit. Like, I mean, I love her. I, I love her. I think she's great. I think she's an excellent movie villain, but she definitely is. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah. I'll have to check it out sometime. Yeah. You've said multiple times that it's good, so I yeah. think I should bite the bullet. You should. And see it somehow. <laughs> you should. I don't know how. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, and we have family video over here, which is kind of like Blockbuster. And um, we could rent it from family I video. I do love probably. family video. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So, you ready to talk about this movie? I am. Okay. Yeah. So, let's talk about how you haven't seen it before. This was my first time watching mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs. What is that? I have no oh, idea. I think it's a power tool. I thought it was a bird, and then I really, I was like, is there a stork making a nest on your parents' like, roof? Like, we're like a woodpecker, like, <laughs> rapidly, like, <laughs> <laughs> doing some construction projects. Okay, um, yes, I've never seen <laughs> Silence of the Lambs yes, until so, now. What did you think of it? Well, I have mixed feelings about it. Okay. Um, I don't like it, and I do like it. Okay, <laughs> what it, don't you like about well, it? Well, to get into that, I'll have to start at the beginning. Okay. Which is a very good place <laughs> to start. So, I envisioned, I'm going to tell you what I thought the movie was, because I only knew, like, pop culture references about it. I never read a synopsis. Oh, my I, God, I'm so excited. I had no so idea that you didn't this know. is what I thought the Wait, movie so you were, was like, about. really in the dark about it. Yeah, wow. big time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I knew that Hannibal Lecter was a cannibal. And I knew that... I'm really sorry about the lawn equipment <laughs> There's a lawn right now. going on. I hope this is... We're okay. rolling our eyes at each other. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I um I knew Hannibal Lecter was a cannibal, and mm-hmm. I knew Jodie Foster was some sort of detective. Mm-hmm. That's about it. So what I thought the story was was she was going to talk to him while he was in prison, and mm-hmm. he was going to recount his crimes. Like he was going to tell her his life story, basically, and the movie was going to be done in flashbacks and conversation. Oh wow! So so I was so you really... went in like thinking it was a totally different yeah. film. That's interesting. So I wasn't too excited about that because I thought that sounded like, eh, okay, so I have to see him, like, eating people? This is going to be very difficult to get through. And it really impressed me and surprised me. It was better than I thought it was going to be because I had no idea that he was leveraging his knowledge of this new serial killer to try to get a better prison situation, and he was helping her solve this crime. Right. And so there, there was, like, two villains, basically. Like, he's one, and then Buffalo Bill is another villain. And this is where it started skirting the line. Um, the movie made me feel really icky. And I know I've seen movies that are thrilling that make me feel uncomfortable, and that's different than how this movie made me feel. It just okay. made me feel icky. I don't like dirty, grimy scenery. Okay. I really... Um, 
<clears throat> it puts me on ease to watch movies where women are singled out, kidnapped, tortured, murdered, and mutilated. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess, mutilated after they're, like, tortured after they're Post-mortem, yeah. Um, that really puts me on edge. I don't, I don't like to watch it. And I'm not suggesting that people do like to watch it, but I just think that type of movie is definitely not my thing. Um, it's very scary in a realistic way, being yeah, a female. So that I did not like. It just made me, it just made me feel dirty. And, um, well, I mean, this that, sounds supposed to make you feel good. That's, I mean, I know that the, like, that's what I mean. The movie is not supposed to make me feel like happy, but it made me feel gross in a way that other movies that are thrilling don't. Okay, that makes sense. So I'm talking about a movie that just stays with me in a way that I don't like. And there was a movie that I saw when I was a kid called Striking Distance, and it I'm seeing now that it came out in 1993, and so I was nine years old. Which is not a movie for nine year olds, but the murder. There's about a murderer, and Did your mom also took you to this no, movie. No, I they rented it, and I think okay. I just watched it with them. And in the in the movie, the murderer, I think I'm remembering this correctly, the murderer has his victims, and he one of them is laying on the laying on a floor, and he's going around her with like a remote control vehicle, and the song like Little Red Riding Hood. Have you ever heard that song where he's like, Hey there, Little Red Riding Hood. You sure um, are looking good. You're everything that a big bad wolf could want. Have I you ever may heard that song? have heard it, but I don't. It doesn't sound. Familiar. Well, he played that song in the background, and then ran into her with the remote control car, and then killed her. And that scene stayed with me for a very long time, like nightmarishly. And that is a movie that made me feel icky for a long time. And I was too young to process those feelings, but at the same yeah. time, this movie had that same effect on me, where I just. I just didn't, it's not my thing, I didn't enjoy it, but there are highlights. Like, okay. I don't hate the movie, I don't think I would ever watch it again. Okay. Um, I am glad that I watched it, because I like just, I like... I too! It's I like just putting new movies in my repertoire. Yeah. And I think there was some... Your repertoire. ...interesting parts, um... And there were some pop culture references that I was like, oh, okay. Like, you finally got, like, the yeah. Baba Bean saying in Keanu. And, yeah, so, <laughs> so there is stuff like that, but I, it's a mixed bag for me. Okay. Um, I loved it. I loved <laughs> it. I thought, I think it's a exceptionally well done, super creepy movie. I want to read the book. Like, I, but, you know, that therein lies the difference between us. I like creepy things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I like things that make me feel creeped out and, like, crawl under my skin because that doesn't happen a lot, you know? I really, like, I I tend to see things, and if it really bothers me, it will stay there. But there's a difference to me between things that, like, really bother me that stay there that, like, are, like, movies like that versus... Um, like that scene in Skyfall when James Bond, you know, joins that woman in the shower after she told him that she was a sex worker. That kind of shit, I'm like, not fucking cool and really gross. Like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, so, I mean creepy and like a serial killer-y type thing. That's kind of like the kind of thing I like. So, um, I really liked it. <laughs> I love that movie, actually. I think it's a fantastic film. So, yeah, that's my opinion. There was an air of mystery throughout a lot of it that I really liked in that Clarice was almost as much of a mystery to us as Hannibal. Hannibal. Mm -hmm. And she told 
stories about her life to him. And I kind of enjoyed like unpacking them a little bit, but at the same time, there were some there's some questions I have if you would like I, to yeah, field no, them. Please. So so she's picked by her superiors. She's still in school, in, like, FBI training. She's picked by her superiors to go to this guy's cell because he won't talk to anybody, but they think, like, she's his type. Yeah. He's a type, she's the type of person that he'll talk to. And so she goes and she talks to him, and I something I really, really liked is, so she walks by the guy, the, the cell next to her, next Mig. to his, Mig's cell, and he says, I can smell your cunt. Yeah, yes, he does. And that makes me feel weird to say, but I yeah. really liked, I liked that you could see Hannibal appreciate her because she just said it with no shame. Right. He said, what did Miggs say to you? And he knew it was something inappropriate. Maybe he even knew what it was. And he was just well, testing her. Well, I think he her. did yeah. because he said, okay, you established trust yeah. because you told me what he had said. And that part kind of bugged me because I, I didn't care for him spelling it out for us because I could tell already that he trust. As soon as she said it with no, like she, unabashedly, she just said it. Right. She's very straightforward and he appreciated that and I could tell and I didn't really need him saying that to me. Yeah, they could have conveyed that with the look. Like well, they did, like, yeah, they okay, did convey yeah, it. Yeah. I, I felt on board already. I was like, oh, she's got him. She's got him because she was honest with him and then he was like, audience, she has me because she was honest with <laughs> Listen, me. Listen, to so what that, she just did, did you see that? Yeah. Yes, that establishes trust, everyone. <laughs> so I really liked Thanks, that Zach. and then I liked how she sort of ruined it because she got eager <clears throat> and he, I didn't, you know, and and he was like, "Oh, you got eager, you ruined it." Um, so I I thought that was an interesting dynamic between the two of them. And so anyway, later on, she's in the car with her superior. This is a few scenes later. She's in the car with her superior, and she says something to the Crawford? effect of, "Yeah, she's yeah. with Crawford." And she says, "So you wanted me to go talk to him because you wanted clues about the Buffalo Bill case, and I wish you would have told me that." And he said, "You know, if, if you would have known our motives, you could never have." hidden them from him, he would have read you, he would have read it, and he wouldn't have given you anything. Right. And so I thought that was really interesting. But then, she goes down, this part, there's two parts in the movie that really bother me, and I can't okay. reconcile, and this is the first one. She goes down into his holding area, and she presents him with this tremendous, like, prison change, where he'd get a window, and he'd get time on this island, and you find out that was all made up. So are they playing a game with each other? Does he know it's made up the whole time and he just leverages that because he thinks he can get a better deal from the da the senator whose daughter is kidnapped? Or was he taken for it? Because it seemed to me like she enticed him with this lie and he didn't sniff it out. It seemed like he was on the hook. I think he hook. was on board with it, yeah. So that is inconsistent with his character and that really bothered me. I... I don't disagree with you. I also think that when you spend 24 hours or 23 hours in a cell, maybe 24, because he's a danger to other people. You know, I mean, he's obviously physically shown that he cannot be trusted. Um, maybe it was like, I'm, even someone as highly intelligent as Dr. Lecture might be like, fuck, I get to get out of this place. Like, and he might... Even if it was the type of thing where he, like, thought about it over time and he realized it wasn't really true, if he initially saw that and he initially got that, I could see him being like, okay, I'll help you, whatever it takes, you know, just to get out of here, just to get out of the cell. I mean, you and I both know 
Like, we just went through quarantine where we were in our own space, and that was horrible. And that was only, like, two months, you know? And it was like, so to be in a cell where you're, like, surrounded by nothing but brick and mortar, and, like, you're there all the time, like, there's no natural sunlight, I could kind of see why he'd jump on that immediately, you know? I think despite how intelligent, you know, he is, he's still a human. So he's still going to suffer, he's still going to feel isolated, he's still going to you know, um, feel frustrated that he can't see natural sunlight, you know, so that's, that's, that's my thing. That's, that's my a good theory. point. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I am thinking now that we're discussing it, perhaps the reason he respected her so much is because she matched his level. She was able to pull one yeah. over. Like, oh, obviously. She super smart. I she mean, delivered it really believably. Like, as an audience member, I believed it. Right. So, and, and he did really respect her so I could see maybe being blinded by the light a little bit from his perspective and maybe impressed by her confidence maybe he would believe it because he was promising info that they needed so anyway I just that maybe clears it up a little bit for me but um yeah so do you have any other questions well I have one mega grievance that's at the end of the movie and I don't know if you want to talk about it yet um no (laughs) Let's let's wait on that. Okay. So, um, let's start out. So, Crawford is the head of the behavioral science unit, and he, you know, asked her to go. So, we already kind of talked about her, like, meeting Dr. Lecker and everything. But let's talk about the Dr. Frederick Chilton, who is the head of the asylum. Um, what a phenomenal creep. (laughs) Like, I was just like, like, he's hitting on her, and I was like, Dude, this is a professional setting. Like, you need to be more respectful. And, yeah. like, I can't even... He acted like he hadn't seen a woman in, like, six I months. Know. <laughs> Are you spending the night in Baltimore? Because yeah. it can be a very fun I would town. love to show you around the town. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, doing, like, a which, weird southern accent. Which woman... <laughs> like, looking at the way his face was when he asked her, I don't know which woman would be like, yeah, take I, me out. Like, like, oh, my God, you're so desperate. It's yeah. hot. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, no, I... I was just, I was just like, ah, where are your values here, sir? Like, you know, I mean, I, I think inexcusable. I thought he was disgusting. Um, I would have liked more, uh, more scenes showing us why Hannibal hated him so much. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of very one-sided. Because he basically, it's suggested that he dies. Oh, he definitely yeah, dies yeah. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, he got eaten. Yeah. <laughs> he um, was a, a friend for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I've, I've heard that line before. There's a Power Wheels next to us. <laughs> also, Power Wheels is a toy that I don't think kids really appreciate as much as they should. No. I would love, like, an adult-sized Power I know, Wheels. Right? Which I know you're going to say that's a car, but it's not a car. Because a Power no, Wheels... it's not a car. Power Wheels <laughs> it's is... It's a toy. It's something that you don't have to pay insurance on or get a license exactly. to drive. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. um, I would have, I, I liked that line. I've heard that line before. He's like, I'm having an old friend for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I just would have liked to see why he hated him so much. Yeah. I mean, you could kind of tell, like, a little sleazy, you know. I could, I could see why he wouldn't like him. Because yeah. immediately, he's unlikable. I mean, immediately, you're like, oh, that guy's gross. Like, it just, like, who talks to a fellow, like, you know, a fellow, not employee, but um, a colleague like that. You know, it's it's just inappropriate. It's unprofessional. It, it would totally put her in a place that may, would make her uncomfortable. Like, it's just not okay, you know? Yeah. And 
Dr. Lecter, despite the kind of person that he he is who kills and eats people, is still, like, he has his own set of values. And he's a very complex individual. He's, he has, like, you know, there's, there's certain things that he finds uh, to be rude. And when he finds rude people, he punishes them. You know, like Migs. Multiple Migs next door. Yeah. When, um, you know, Migs, like, flung the cum at her face, which... I did not remember that, and it was horrifying. <laughs> I was really was not okay with that. Scene. I was, like, disgusted. That scene had an interesting dynamic because she walked past him, and he chucked semen at her. Yeah. And then um, she was horrified, as you would be, and then Hannibal calls her back. So she goes and he talks to her, and he gives her this information, and then he's like, I don't think Migs has it in him to go again. Quick, quick. Yeah. So he, like, cared for her to be yeah. able to get out without getting more semen on her face. See, that's the thing. So is that I was, think... like, a really interesting tiny moment that I, I kind of appreciated. Right. I, mm-hmm. I just, I think that as, I think as a character, he's so multi-layered and he's so complex that you can't possibly put him in a box, you know? He's just, he's just so, like, again, the whole thing where, like, he thought that was very rude, so he basically convince the dude to kill himself, you know? Um, How does one swallow their own tongue? I, I don't understand I don't know. That. I thought that was... I was like... I'm like sitting there when he said that, when Crawford said that, he's like, yeah, he swallowed his own tongue. I was like, okay, first of all, like anyone You can't just knows, will yourself to do that. <laughs> you know, like no one... It's That's physically impossible. You can't get your... You can't do that unless you cut it off. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was so, thinking. So like maybe. cut it off and eat it? That's what I was thinking. Because I don't even know how you would commit suicide by eating something, though, because you're surviving. Well, I guess if you choked on yeah. accident. I don't know. I wish that they would have explained <laughs> it further. But... I think the point is that I think the point is that Migs was so psychologically damaged to begin with that it wasn't difficult for Lecter to basically like because they, they said he was whispering to him all day. Yeah. So he was mm-hmm. pretty much like tearing him down, wearing him down. Yeah. And then Migs probably just was like, I mean, someone who's already incredibly unstable anyway. Yeah. Like, just was like, just going to cut off my tongue and swallow it, and that's how I'm going to die. Because he might have not had any other tools to that's, kill himself. Yeah, so he'd have to use his teeth. Oh, but, yeah. Geez. Yeah, so, Very strange. I mean... Yeah, I... There's something really unnerving. Something unnerving about Hannibal is that he is obviously very psychologically messed up but he's so calm and well, he's, he's so methodical so highly intelligent like and i think that's creepier than like migs is creepy and gross uh you know off the bat but what's worse is somebody like he even says um crawford even says to her to clarice like don't tell him anything about you don't want him in your head right and she started talking about herself and you could tell that he sort of got in her head yeah and so that's just yeah. very interesting well, and the thing is, too, with the difference between Lecter and, like, Migs is that Migs is someone whose behavior you could more or less predict, you know? Yes. Like, you know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Lecter, you can't. And that's what makes him such a good and terrifying villain because he's so highly intelligent, you might as well expect that he's always going to be one step ahead of you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just... Ugh, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, actually. Like, I really, I really like this character. I think he's... I think he's probably, I would say, easily one of my favorite movie villains. I oh, think really? He's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like, and I, I have seen Red Dragon, and he's not really in Red Dragon, but it is like in the series, the Hannibal series. Wait, he might. He's in it a little bit. I think. 
I think he helps capture them. And did you ever see that one? No. It's with Ray Fiennes. He plays like a. He's like a serial killer who has this giant red dragon that's tattooed on his back. Um, at one point, he like ties Philip Seymour Hoffman to a chair and then sets him on fire and then like rolls him down a hill. Jeez. It's um. It's an intense movie. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's in the I same like series, saying, so you're going to kind of, like, get the same vibe, you For know? some reason, I like <clears throat> saying the phrase, at one point he, and then following it up with, ties Philip Seymour Hoff into a chair and lights him on fire and rolls him down a hill. It's, it's such a casual <laughs> no sentence. Big deal. No big deal. I mean, haven't we all tied Philip Seymour Hoff into a chair and lit him on fire at one point? <laughs> um, no, but, um... So, um, I just, I, I think he's, I, I really, I was actually thinking this as I was driving here, um, that I find that I value intelligence highly in a person. And this is in any scenario, whether it's a villain or it's a good person. I really, really like the highly intelligent villains. I think that they are, I think that they're more terrifying than a regular just like out for blood type of person you know mm-hmm. and I'm like man I would just love to get in that head and see how that works you know so I think the psychology behind them is like is like what happened to you in your life to get you to the point where you are today yeah and bad things happened to him like his his sister was cannibalized by Nazis um, oh was that in the movie did yeah, I miss that was that? in Hannibal Rising oh okay so it yeah. wasn't in the movie no it wasn't okay <laughs> no but it's part of his lore. Sure, but they didn't talk. I was just <laughs> no, like, no, I no, 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 like, no, no. Okay, no. I thought maybe there was something where no. I missed them talking about that. It's, okay. I think it's called Hannibal Rising. I cannot remember. Like, I'm not. It's with Gaspar Lay. It's the French actor. Yeah, and he plays him. But anyway, like, it, like so he witnesses something like super, super traumatic that happens to him, and that's kind of like oh, how like his wow. like parents die, and then his sister's cannibalized by like Nazis or. They might not have been Nazis, but they were soldiers either way. It was, like, during World War II. And um, and then he grows up, and he just goes around cannibalizing people. And I, I would probably say that the reason why he does is from that traumatic, incredibly traumatic yeah, event. Yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's a little backstory on him. It's an interesting psychological storyline, and I... I mean, I thought that we would get more insight into the cannibalism of him, but instead the cannibal of cannibalism was just part of him like yeah. it wasn't anything that they explored it was just he's cannibal right and but i i think it's interesting that even after so many years in solitary confinement he still wants to eat people well i think that it's so that's an it's, interesting it's a it's a compulsion yeah it's like an interesting psychological yeah issue people that have and, like serial killers have a compulsion and they literally cannot stop mm-hmm. that's the thing I just think it's interesting that prison hasn't reformed him at all no because he has these deep issues but there is a there's a lot of studies that show that prison does not reform people not the right. prison in the United States anyway there are other prisons that are in the world that focus more on mental rehabilitation However, with him, I'm not convinced that he can be mentally yeah. rehabilitated. I mean, I, I, I think, think he, he would doesn't turn, want to be. Yeah, well, and yeah. I think he would, any class that he was in where someone was, like, trying to be like, hey, we're going to work on you on this, I think he would turn it around and be like, really, we're going to work with me on this? Let's work with you on this. <laughs> and then, like, really mess up the, you know, instructor or whatever. Um, so, 
And I, that's, I think that I just like him so much. I just think he's, he's so, he's so intelligent and he's so, he, he just, he knows what he's doing, you know, and he like, and he really knows how to manipulate people. And yeah, I like that he's always in control. Yeah. And maybe one of the reasons also why he likes Clary so much is she is equal. She can match pace with him. Yeah. And she's also in control. She's highly intelligent. Yes. Too. Yeah. And I really like that yeah. about their dynamic. Did the part in the uh, storage locker creep you out at all? Um, not really. I knew I knew it was going to be something like that. I knew it was going to be a body part. So when she revealed that, I was like, oh, it's I didn't, a head. I, I didn't care for, like, the up-close shot of the head in the <laughs> yeah, jar. I wonder who it was. And, like, did you notice that there was, like, fake eyelashes on it? Or well, like, it was the guy who he was talking about, the patient he had. Who, oh. Why did I miss that? You, <laughs> I told him it was that, apparently. Yeah, the I patient. guess I knew, but I, like, didn't. And I think, I and if the story is true... The one he told at the senator was that the patient and Buffalo Bill were lovers for oh, right, a right, brief right. period of time. And then yeah. Buffalo Bill killed him. Right? Buffalo Bill killed him. Not Hannibal didn't kill him. Right. Buffalo no, Bill I did. So. Because he put, I think they found, like, the, the moth in his mouth. Right. I didn't care for the bug aspect. Um, and I when I was watching it, I wasn't quite clear on the bug aspect. And then afterwards, Mike had said to, Mike said to me, it was, Hannibal said, you know, like, they transform. Right, So right. Buffalo Bill was longing to transform, and I thought, oh, yeah, why didn't I put that together? But I would think I was too hung up on the fact that, like, moths are just gross. I wish it had been a <laughs> butterfly or something. So that's another thing where I just didn't feel right. I think that Buffalo Bill having the moths is an interesting way of finding him because it's such a, a rare thing for people to like have like grow insects yeah that having the you know that having them be like oh it came from Suriname and now we're going to track it to this guy's place is a very clever way of like including a good way to find him quickly you know what I mean um versus like if it was a tv show something like where he he wasn't like into bugs and having it be more like a slow burn where they are trying to find him, then that's great. But, like, for a movie, obviously, you need something where they're like, oh, this is, like, this is weird. This is unusual that, you know, someone bought these, um, you know, these eggs from Suriname and they were, like, sent over here and that, like, doesn't ever happen. So, you know what I mean? That's Yeah, but yeah. That, that wasn't how they found him, though. Um, they She found him. Right, she found him. And she was in Pennsylvania, and they were in Chicago. They kind of all found him by, or she kind of found him by accident. Well, she found him because, I thought it was kind of interesting, because she realized that Buffalo Bill had seen this woman, his first victim, like, Hannibal had told her, how do we start coveting? We covet things that we see all the time. Right. So, the killer had seen this woman all the time. Right. And... She sort of put it together, and she went to the tailor that right. the woman worked for, and that was the house. But she didn't know that it was him at first, except she saw the moth flying around, and she right. sort of came came into knowing, like, oh, this is the killer. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Something that I, something that kind of threw me, uh, they showed the first body that they recovered from the river, and they, she had two big cuts down her back. Mm-hmm. And they said, hmm, this is a pattern. It's slightly different than the other ones. And then she takes, then they find the moth in the mouth. 
and she takes them off to her friend, and her friend did two slices down its back, and I thought, oh, so... And did you notice, too, when, like, when she kind of had that clicking moment where she was like, wait, sewing... Sewing. Yeah. Yeah, that dress that she was looking at had like two diamond shapes. It had the on same it. design yeah. as well. Yeah. Ooh, so, I like that. I just got goosebumps again. <laughs> I so love yeah. that things come together. So the moths I mean the, the moths are really I didn't care for them. I didn't care for them being in the person's mouth, but I it's an interesting touch because it's gross. Yeah. It's it is gross. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. And then like the stuff was like oozing out of the mouth. I was like uh, or the moth. Yeah. Like, the poop, the oh poop, yeah. yeah. Like, Chrysalis, maybe? Chrysalis? Yeah, Cocoon, when he, he cut it, and the guy yeah. was like, no, he loves these moths. He takes care of these moths. Yeah, yeah. So. I think it was interesting. Would I ever raise moths? No. No. I would never raise bugs. I kill <laughs> bugs. I, like, I don't kill stink bugs, but only because I don't want to hear that crunch. They're yeah. very crunchy. They look like they're crunchy, and they can stink <laughs> and gross. <laughs> Have you ever seen a stink bug fly? Yes. They fly like they were like, what is this thing I'm doing? I didn't know I could do this. <laughs> didn't, I've never noticed that. Oh, my gosh. Mike and I were in his car last week, and there was a stink bug in, in the, like, up near the front on the dash. Yeah. And I said, it's a good thing stink bugs don't know they can fly, otherwise we'd have a real problem. Because some of them, I think they just discover it on accident. Like <laughs> I can fly? Yeah. What is happening Pay attention here? next time you see one. It's. It's comical almost. What do they like? They're like wobbly. They just like run into things. Oh. They just, I, I do don't know. notice that they run into yeah. things. Yeah. Because I'll hear like a dunk and I'm like, What's that's that? how you know they're, yeah, you <laughs> hear a noise. You hear like yeah. a loud buzz and then a, I'm like, a, like I'm a like, dunk. Oh, and, it's a bug. Yeah. So they're just, I, they just like fell from something and their wings took over and they go, whoa, how do I control it <laughs> Guys, now? <laughs> did you know that I could fly? Because I didn't. <laughs> so yeah, I liked the, um, I, I liked the psychology of Buffalo Bill. I didn't like seeing it like I didn't like seeing his lair, the the little well where he kept the yeah, woman. That place I didn't like seeing out. any of that. Um, but I thought it was interesting because I can't believe that she even helped him put the ch- the chair in the the truck. Oh my god! I wouldn't do I that. I was thinking that exact same thing. If I see somebody, if I see especially a man by himself struggling with something my first instinct is not to help my first instinct is he's a big boy he can find help if he needs it yeah you know and then for her to get in the van yeah um no the whole time i was watching it i was like girl what are you doing <laughs> i know i was too and i knew it was gonna happen to her as well um but that actually i think they may have like borrowed that idea from ted bundy i wonder he used, he used to i was gonna that. ask you about yeah. that because you told me that he would pretend yeah, to he be like, like injured or something right he would like either like have a broken arm or he'd be like on crutches so he like couldn't carry his books so he'd be like oh could you help me carry my books and he's like you know young and good looking i mean i don't i'm not bundy girl so i don't know but um i don't really see the attraction <laughs> but like whatever you know okay anyway but they you know they'd help him out and then he'd be like thunk on the head throw him in his car and then you know murder yeah. him. so I wondered if they borrowed that because I was like wow that that looks that sounds a lot like what you know Ted Bundy's MO was um especially since he had you know the arm that was clearly not injured and you know um, yeah and and I but I was also just like I mean I, think, I I just feel for her because she's she's obviously a kind person who wants to help another person who's struggling. But I was like, I wouldn't either. I would have yeah. walked in. I would have been like, you know what? 
this guy's got it. It might take him a bit, but he's got it. And in I a, have to watch out for myself. Yeah. So. In a different world, your first inclination would be this person is genuine. They just need help. Right. But no, I don't. Especially I don't think at it's night. wise. Don't help. No. Don't help. I know you I, might feel guilty, but just don't help. Yeah. Like crime junkies say, stay weird, stay rude, stay alive. You know? <laughs> stay like, rude. I like that. Yeah. Stay weird, yeah. stay rude, stay alive. So, and also, when he asked her to get in the truck, I think... I mean, obviously, this is a movie, and this is all contrived, but just in case anyone's listening, tell that person to get into the truck. Yeah. You know? Well, like, and, and I was, what, like, and I was like, okay, but they could have put it in there without, a, like, her getting in there first. Yeah. Like, and that was, and I was, it just, it's so frustrating, because you're, you're watching this happen, and you know something bad is going to happen, and you're like, girl, watch out yeah. for yourself. Who gives a fuck about some <laughs> random dude? There's seven billion people in the world. Like, he'll be fine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But also... It's just, it was just every single part of my being was like, do not help him and definitely do not get into that van because you fucked them. I like, there. there's aspects of that scene that I like in that she, we see her first in the car and she's driving and there's headlights behind her and I thought something was going to happen with that. I did that. too, I did too. And then she gets into the parking lot and I'm like, oh, nothing's going to happen with that. And then you see the person struggling. So I think, like, it almost tricked us as she got tricked yeah. a little bit. Uh, but we knew that he was he was not good. But well, something... they have a lot of red herrings in that. Yeah. 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 Um, but I have to say, I was singing along to the song that you were singing. Oh, Tom Petty. Tom Petty song. Yeah. yeah, I was like, <laughs> I love that song. Um... I think, yeah, there's a lot of red herrings I noticed that they do that. And I really appreciate that because it makes you expect something, but then something else happens. And so you go, oh, oh, okay. Like, so that's what the hell's going to happen. Cool. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I, I don't, I don't like movies where I can, I can see what's going to happen. You know what I mean? I want to be surprised. I do not want to be able to guess the ending. And obviously with this, I've seen this several times, um, I can honestly say I think that's the first time I've ever watched the entire thing, like, in one sitting, though. Because, oh, really? Yeah, like, I I don't know why. I just, I've always seen just, like, bits and pieces of it, and then, like, but, like, I've seen the whole thing. I've just never seen it all at once. I don't, so, anyway. But, um, no, I, that really bothered me. Yeah, that I, I totally, yeah, I was like, mm-mm, nope, nope, yeah. no, no. So, <laughs> and I was really happy that she outsmarted him. Yeah. I loved that she did that. I with she, the dog with the everything. dog, yeah. very smart. Um, yeah. And actually, I was afterwards. I was sort of talking about how it puts a sour note in my stomach that it's about like a woman being victimized. Like that's it's really icky to watch. It's hard to watch. Yeah. And Mike pointed out something that I never would have thought of, so I'm going to bring it up. And he said okay. it is about a woman being victimized, but it's also about a woman finding him. Yes, and yeah. I, for and some reason, like is such a did cool not. Character. I would not have put it. I think I fixate on the victim, right? But she's she found him and she won, and, and she so. I mean, she like she got him before all those other FBI yeah, agents. She and found him before they did, and like I really okay so. Let me, I want to actually say, there's a couple things that I noticed as far as camera angles, not like camera angles, but like how they, how they transitioned into scenes that I really, really liked with like her past is that they would show her in the future and then it would be kind of like panning away from her and then it'd be like her as a kid. And I was like, 
that's a really clever way of including a flashback without it being like overwhelming or like you know, I don't know, Batman versus Superman type bullshit. Or like mean, the like, last samurai. Yeah, yeah like, where it's like slow motion and and you're like what weird is this colors. Camera? Yeah, like no. Yeah, the uh, the flashback in the funeral home actually like fooled me for a second because yeah, I was like, wait a second, oh yeah. oh, that's it's her dad. Good. Yeah, it's very and, good. And they did that with when they were um, coming to Buffalo Bill's house. Is that they were ringing the doorbell? So you're thinking it's them. It's thinking you're thinking it's oh, yes. the group. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like the doorbell's ringing, doorbell's ringing. You're like, oh, someone's gonna answer the door, and then no one does. Mm-hmm. But then she is at his actual place, and he answers the door, and so you're like, oh, they're in the wrong place. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and she's in the right one, and she's all alone. Yeah, and like oh, oh man, yeah, that's intense. And I I really love how she played it cool. Yeah, me too. I respect that. I don't know if I agree with the fact that she was like, freeze, stop. And I was like, okay, why? He has no, like, he doesn't have to freeze. You're in his house. You're right. basically, he has the upper hand right now because you don't know he's got a gun around the corner. Well, you don't know his house. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think she sort of, like, ruined it for herself at that second, but she prevailed anyway. Yeah, she was, that, I mean, so that's the end. So let's, let's not, let's go back. Yeah. So let's go back to when, now I'm looking at Wikipedia, but I guess I missed this because, because Chilton records the conversation between him and Starling and like, review, like, like yeah. that she's lying or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess I totally missed that because I was reading this and I was like, well, well she doesn't, she says, you know, I can't tell you why I'm, you know, it's, right. it's not for you to know it's FBI business and he finds a way to secretly record it and he okay. gets the jump on them basically. Yeah. He was such a sleazeball. Um, he was he was a bad character. He was very like ugh, just yuck. Um, so he strikes me as the type of person who like someone does all this work on something and he goes, "Oh no, that was me. I did that. Yep, that was me. Basically, yeah. 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 Um, that's basically what he did in the movie. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, he's, yeah. Well, okay, so now, <laughs> yeah. So, so you're right, on. right on the money. <laughs> God. <laughs> Boom okay. goes the dynamite. <laughs> Boom goes the dynamite. Okay. So then, so Lecter's flown to Memphis where he meets Ruth Martin, who's the senator. And that's Catherine Martin's mom, who's the girl that got abducted. Yes. Um, and, oh, and they, and they mention, there's also that scene where Ruth Martin is on, um, she's doing like a press oh, conference. Yeah, and she's like TV. humanizing her daughter. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's kind, she's loving, you know, like, and, um, and and Starling is like, oh, good. She's humanizing her daughter. She's yeah. making her not seem like an object, which is is funny that it, it's such a stark like contrast to because the next scene is Buffalo Bill who's talking to her and he's like, it puts the lotion on its skin, yeah, which is objectifying her. I mean, uh, not, not objectifying, object- the not of- sexually objectifying, but I mean. Making, making her, her an object yes. rather than a person. So I have a question about that. Do you think that he was doing that so she seemed less human to him so he could go through with it? Or was he doing that because he wanted to be a woman so bad it, like, pained him to call somebody she or you? I think he was he was stripping her of her humanity. Okay. Yeah. I think that he, it was probably, maybe there was some part of him that felt a little guilty, you know? And that's maybe why he was saying it instead of you. Mm-hmm. Um, because saying, like, it puts the lotion on the skin is not, not only are you not addressing someone, but you're referring to them as just a thing, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, very psychologically damaging. Yeah. You know, like, very psychologically damaging. And also probably 
to tear her down as well, you know? Right. Um, so I have my other yeah. question about that scene is, I don't think he was getting any sexual gratification from seeing her put lotion on. I no. think he just wanted her to, to like, make the skin more yeah, supple. supple for yeah. his skin suit, basically. Oh, for sure, yeah. So that was I don't think it was ever sexual. No, I, I didn't think yeah. so either because no. he, they, they had established that he, I think, is a homosexual. Right, Not right. bisexual, like, but, um, I just, I thought it was really interesting that he was, like, Protecting his investment, I guess. Yes. I, I, maybe I shouldn't laugh about it, but I like how he's like, it's okay, before it's I make this skin suit, okay. I gotta make sure she lubes it up, like keeps it nice <laughs> yeah, and young that's looking. Terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of, but I also, like, it was a bucket, right? And he said it basket. Um, it was a basket. It was a basket? There's a bucket and a basket. Okay, the yeah, bucket yeah. was for food, the basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It puts the lotion in the basket. I've heard that line many times Puts the well. lotion on And I always thought... Like, it's a hose again. <laughs> I always thought that Hannibal Lecter said that. Nope. I never knew that... It, I never knew Buffalo Bill existed, so nope, that was Buffalo very interesting. Buffalo Bill's a huge part of it, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to hear from your perspective, because yeah. you went in expecting an, a completely a different, different film, yeah. and you were like, oh. It's like when we saw... Um, the the death zone the de- what was that the second one to the maze runner what was that the death the death cure and we were watching the it and we were cure. like we were like oh my god there's zombies in this yeah. movie and we were both like did you know there were zombies in this movie <laughs> and like both of us were like I had no idea there were zombies in this movie yeah so it it was yeah it was interesting it yeah. was eye opening because that one watching the death cure without knowing anything was like awesome because I was like Nothing that happened, I expected. It is fun to be that surprised. It is. I love movie trailers too much to be surprised many <laughs> times, but <laughs> if a trailer is done right, I yeah. guess that could still happen. Yeah. But yeah, no, that, so this was, it was interesting to yeah. hear these lines and see how they fit into the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so when he goes to the, the airport mm-hmm. and the senator meets him. Yeah. And he's like, I don't, like, I'm he gives, he, he gives a name. He gives a, a name like Lewis something. Lewis Friend. Lewis Friend, and I an anagram for iron iron sulfide. Yeah, I yeah. like that. That Clarice is is one step ahead of everyone she's else. She's so smart, and she knew I that it was but like, an anagram. Yeah, and I thought that so was interesting. Awesome, <laughs> she's such a great character. Like, man, I I forget how much I love Jodie Foster until I see her and stuff, and then I'm like, shit, Jodie, you got this girl. Like, I, I'm like, I like Jodie Foster. Her. Yeah, she's you ever awesome. seen Contact? I haven't, but I, I... I recommend it. I Anyway, I like Jodie Foster as well, and I think she did a really good job. She's amazing. As, mm-hmm. Yeah, Clarice. I mean, and I think that Julianne Moore plays her later. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think she plays her in Hannibal. I don't think Hannibal did that well. I think that was kind of like the worst, well, the worst one of all of them. But, um, but anyway, so... So... So they put him in this gym with... Yeah. Just two cops watching him, which seems crazy to me because be- before he like was in a room, intelligent he is, in a like, room with the only openings to the outside world he had were tiny holes and in, in like strong plastic or glass, yeah, not plastic, glass, probably yeah. strong glass. And they said like, "Don't approach the glass" multiple times to her. But then he comes to this gym, gymnasium, and he's in just like a normal cell. And with yeah. these two buffoonish cops who I don't think really know who they're dealing with or at all. Or what they're doing, maybe. Yeah. And so, I don't know. They didn't establish this, if this was part of his terms for helping the senator or not. But he, they, when they give him his meal, they come fully into the cell, set it on the table, and I 
can't, I don't understand this. Yeah. Just set it just inside the door if you have to set it in there at all. Well, and you would think that someone would be like, hey, this guy is, like, he will kill you if he has the chance. Yes. Like, like and... I mean, and with, like, emphasis, like, tell him that, like, I'm not kidding you. If you approach this guy and you approach him in the wrong way, he is much smarter than you and he will kill you. Well, and like, he you showed, know, like, um, Chilton showed Jodie Foster a photo of a nurse who leaned over yeah. him. And he, like, alleged, we didn't, we didn't never get to see the photo, thank God, but he yeah, bit out of her tongue, either. damaged her eye, like, ruined her face. Yeah. So I don't know why... I think lots of balls were dropped in yeah. this operation, sending him to the police. But when the body was laying on the floor, I knew that was him because I thought that is Anthony Hopkins' chin. I know that's him pretending to be the cop. <laughs> I was so not funny. fooled. I knew exactly well, who it was. Because he was the face over him, though. Yeah, but his chin is still shaped oh, the same. Oh, it was. Like, it was still... I mean, it's just skin. Skin will just drape over the that's surface. That's true. That's true. I knew it was him. I wasn't fooled at See, all. See, you know, that's funny because I even watching that again because I didn't remember that. Uh-huh. I, I thought it was the other guy. Really? Yeah, I thought it was the other guy. Oh, man. And then when he took off like the, the face mask, I literal face yeah. mask. I didn't know he was wearing a face mask. I thought he had um, damaged himself to make him oh, look injured because okay. I was like, of course he's deranged, so why wouldn't he hurt himself? Like, right. I wouldn't be anything to him. But I knew it was him. I, I wasn't fooled in the slightest. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that poor cop? What, what was his name like? Was, that, was that Chris Isaac, the singer? You know, Chris Isaac is in the movie. That's why I wonder. I think that no, was I don't, him. No? no, I don't think so. The one that was in charge of, like, talking to him and be like, you're going to be okay. You're gonna I be don't okay. think so, no. Chris Isaac doesn't look like that. Because I know what Chris Isaac looks like. Um, but I don't, I guess I, I kind of, like, I don't remember seeing him in the movie, though. I guess, oh, okay. You know, I don't know. I just thought that that guy had, like, a lot of screen time, and I wondered if it was because he was I don't famous. know. He, he looks... Chris Isaac is, like, better looking than him. But the guy looked kind of dopey. You know what I mean? Um, but how devastating. Like, well, that he guy was, was our clearly- only listener. So, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> now we don't have an audience. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. Sorry, dopey cop from 1993 or whatever when this movie was in. Um, um, all I could think of was that he was in the... Um, elevator and he was staring at his hands that were covered in blood is like this guy is going to be very clearly deeply affected yeah. by this but how much more would he be affected knowing that a it wasn't even the person he thought it was and b then he murdered a bunch of people you know like i'm assuming that that would get back to him at some point because he was part of the whole operation and why wouldn't it you know but like damn that would be very devastating. I didn't really care for that scene as a whole. I didn't um, really either, to be honest. The whole yeah. police running through a building looking for him. I, I didn't care. Say about it's that. like it was too long. I think they could have cut it out of the movie. I kind of think he so could too. have escaped in a much more or a much less of an ordeal. Um, yeah. Like when they're seeing the elevator go up to the third floor, I'm like, well, oh that's my a God, good that part sign was to so dumb. She's the building. like, wait. Yeah. It stopped at the third floor. I was like, yeah. Okay. And elevators go up and down. And that's a new <laughs> thing we learned today. So yes. I think, yeah, I didn't care for it. I, I thought it's it was just... kind of dumb. I didn't care to see like the police I didn't really doing either. their little SWAT team thing and trying to find him and then getting outsmarted. Well, and like none of them were really great actors either. Like, yeah. That they one were, guy yeah. that had like the Most super raised like... eyebrow, like, was wait like yeah. was, he was too <laughs> intense, but like it made it unbelievable and kind of it ridiculous. It seemed like a theater troupe. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I just I have to say something about that because I actually started laughing at one point because they go into the gym 
and there's like maybe like six cops and they're all like in a circle and like they're back to each other. And one guy has his gun pointed at the ceiling. Yeah, yeah everyone's <laughs> like, why? You think he's going to just be hanging out up there, too? Like, I, like you, like that's the first logical place that you would think of that Hannibal Lecter is going to be. That actor has obviously never held a gun before. And he's like, guys like this? And the director's just like, we need to get this shot. Yeah, do whatever you got to do. And he goes, uh, hold it up. Hold it in the well, air like this. Freeze, buster. security yeah psychological holding right and they put him in a gymnasium and they bring him food on a platter and the cops are just like so second I know like you know I just I didn't care for it I thought that that was weird too if he is such a highly like dangerous individual and he doesn't even need like he doesn't even need arms or any like not like arms like you know like weapons oh like arms like you know, an arm. So no, I'm confused. You've actually confused me more than you're trying to describe um, it. <laughs> sorry. Okay. He doesn't need weapons to be dangerous. Oh, okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, his mind is his weapon. That's what I'm trying I to thought, say. Well, you kind of had like, me. arms, like, no, the kind initially, of hands initially, you had me because I was like, yeah, he did, like, steal the pen when his arms were tied, so he right. doesn't need arms. But, so I thought that's <laughs> oh, what I you said, meant. I meant, like, Let's like, use let's use like weird words for things that mean like double meaning words to get our point across. <laughs> he doesn't need feet. I'm not talking like feet, I'm talking about height. He doesn't need height, like feet height. <laughs> I'm trying to think of others, but oh I did learn the other day that chuffed means two different things. It means like, oh I'm chuffed, like that's great. I'm I'm feeling great or whatever. And then there's also like Oh, I'm so chuffed right now, and I was oh. like, interesting. I'm like, so you have to be British to understand and, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, obviously, <laughs> I've never colloquial. used chuffed in my life. In my day, you saw uh, back when the show Sherlock was on, I saw an interview with Martin Freeman, who was like, "I'm just so chuffed." It was at the Baftas, and he was really glad that they had gotten nominated. And he said, "I'm just so, so chuffed to be here." <laughs> and that's the first time I ever heard it in use, and I was. I was enamored with it. I love it. Chuffed. Yeah. Chuffed. I love Martin Freeman. Just I do too. as a side note. <laughs> no, I I do too. I'm a big yeah. fan. I mean I'm, I've seen plenty of his movies. You know? yeah. yeah. I'll continue to watch them, you know? Yes. So, yeah. so anyway, back um, to the cops and Hannibal. <laughs> so okay. I'm like actually like wiping tears away because I was laughing so hard. Um but also my eyes been running all day. So I don't know why my right eye's been running. So I don't know if you noticed I've been like wiping away like a tear. Yeah, I know it's really sad. <laughs> She's looking at me like, oh, is that so sad? You better go catch it. <laughs> what? That doesn't even make sense. Oh, thanks. <laughs> God. Oh, Your face, face with the light oh, turned on. I'm so disappointed than... <laughs> in myself that I didn't get that right away. I was like, that's your nose. that they were um, <laughs> like the guy was pointing the gun at the ceiling like and twice like <laughs> yeah it was it was a rough like series of scenes I didn't yeah. care for them I liked I that he escaped that. I really liked something really cool was when her roommate like dropped a phone and ran down the hall because she yeah. learned that he escaped but then 
uh, Clarice immediately said, he won't come after me. He'll think it's rude. And I really, and I agree with her. Like, she has no reason to be afraid because he respected her so much. And it would be rude of him to cut her life short, Right, And, and that's, like, I think what is so interesting about him is that, like, again, he has a set of values. And mm-hmm. even though he is considered a dangerous or bad person, he has a set of values and he doesn't stray from them. Yeah. And that's, like, it's almost, like, admirable a little bit in, like, a villain because at least you're like, okay, I know that if you say that you're not going to attack me, I can actually trust you to not attack me, you know? Right. And that's, it's very, it's a very unique um, way of writing a villain. And I just, I mean, I, I think I really want to read this book because I'm like, I really want to like, like read more about how Thomas Harris writes um, Hannibal as a person and what he thinks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I would know? have liked to know more about him. Yeah. Um, we did get a lot of information about Clarice and about like the lambs screaming, which, you know, I, I guess as motivation for why she would become a cop to try to rescue people, mm-hmm. that story fits in. But I just would have well, liked her dad to know. Is a cop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But I would have liked to know more about him. Yeah. I would have liked to know more Hannibal. Um, so that was something that was lacking from the movie for me a little bit. Right. Um, because he did seem, and Mike and I discussed this as well, but he did seem sort of godlike that he could discern certain things that I don't know how somebody could discern. Right. So there was some aspect of that that I don't always Would you like. Would like an example? Well, you know, just that he can, like, you can't lie to him because he'll know right. you're lying. And, you know, things like that. And he knew that she had some childhood trauma, but mm-hmm. how would he know that? Why would he know that? You know, he, so... I mean, he may have guessed it, or he may have, like, I mean, you can kind of tell with some people that they have childhood trauma. Like, if you're... It, it, well, first of all, he's a psychiatrist, so he knows, like... He knows all the ins and outs of, of a human's mind. So, he is, I mean, you're, you're assuming that he's probably been doing that for at least a couple decades, you know, because he's like in his 50s, maybe. I think, yeah, I think he's about in his 80s now, so 50s would be about, about right. Um, and, um, you know, so he's been doing it for a couple decades. But he, so he's seen many patients who have had childhood trauma, so he might have just recognized it in her. But also, he's also had childhood trauma, so he might recognize something that he sees in himself in another person. I guess I would have, um, as much as I railed about things being spelled out for me, I maybe would have liked a little bit more of that spelled out for me. Not like maybe outright writing on the wall, this is what he sees. Just maybe, instead of just doing the safe coverall of, he's a psychiatrist, like, show me. Right. You know, show me that skill, because you could call my character a psychiatrist, but that doesn't mean I have superpowers. Right. So that sort of thing, I wasn't fully on board with either, just because, for convenience sake, he just knew things. Right. So... I mean, he, but, like, he was also kind of, like, eking things out with her. Like, that he is, that like, is a good point. Because he, he was, was like, okay, yeah. he's like, so something happened to you, your father died, um, and he's like, and then you went... Where and she's like, I went to this ranch, and he's like, okay, and you know, like the farmer there, did he sodomize you? Did he attack you? And she was like, no, he's very, very good man, and he's like, okay, so that in my in my mind, what he's thinking now is okay, so it's not childhood sexual trauma, so it's got to be something else. So if he's on a ranch and there's lambs there or there's sheep there, they probably are killing them, and then he so he's kind of like, I mean, he's. 
I think it's a very, like, as you said before, very methodical way of thinking is that he's probably like, it's like a hypothesis. You know, you're, you're, you're going, okay, so this is what I think might it be. It might be, I'm going to do this experiment. Okay. It wasn't that. So I'm going to do this experiment. Okay. It was that. So this is, I see. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's very interesting yeah. point that I, I didn't quite put together that he did ask the sexual trauma first and then closed that down. Yeah, because that's she said, like, yeah. that's a pretty, like, and as terrible as that sounds, that's a pretty basic, like, that's a pretty basic form of sex, of, of, of childhood trauma is sexual trauma. Right. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it happens, you know, and it's an, an awful, horrible, terrible thing, but I'm sure that he has seen plenty of patients where they have dealt with sex, childhood sexual trauma, so, I mean, and she's so... She she holds herself in a way that strikes me as someone who feels good about themselves and who doesn't feel like they are worn down or they're teared down by, like, life. Or, you know what I mean? So I think it's not so much that he, he has, like, a superpower and he knows. It's that he is just – he's just very observ observational, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. That's yeah. an interesting point. Yeah. yeah. See, this is why we work so well together yeah. because – I'm amazing. No, <laughs> but you're also amazing. <laughs> so I like that he wrote things in the file for her. So he was committed to helping her mm -hmm. through. He, he, despite it all, he was still committed to helping her find Buffalo Bill. But the thing is, I don't think it was. I don't think it was for himself that he was committed. I think it was for her. I think he finds her fascinating. Yeah, he did say yeah. at the end, like a world without you in it wouldn't be as interesting. Right. So I thought that was that was interesting that. He gave her the answer, she, or he gave her the clue to the answer she was looking for. Mm -hmm. And now, should we talk about... Well, okay. Um, let me see. I think that, yeah, I think we've gotten to the point where we... Oh, there's like a... Okay. We should probably talk about um, how they knew, or not like how they knew, but like like, who Buffalo Bill was, like, and what he was interested in, I guess. So, um, because, oh, actually I had mentioned this earlier, that the dresses that he created because he was a tailor were um, identical to the patches of skin that were removed from his victims. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So, um, which, you know, we kind of mentioned that before, but, um, and then he had applied a bunch of times for, like, a sex change operation, but everyone was like, no, because I think it was, like, a psychological damage type thing. Like, they were more worried that if he had this sex change, then it might damage him further. Is that's That was my theory. They didn't, like, say that out loud. But I'm guessing that someone who's not, you know, um, like, a psychologically healthy person is likely going to be like, well, we, we're not going to change your body. That's huge. That's a huge thing to do. And, right. And... I can imagine that he would feel extremely frustrated being in the body that he was in. You know, I mean, or like later in the movie, he's he's like tucking his his penis back to make it look like he's a vagina. You know, so it's like he, there's clearly like he doesn't like the skin he's in, right. obviously, yeah, because or else he wouldn't skin women, you yeah. know. So to make a skin suit, right? So yeah, so let's talk about how. Let's talk about the end. You ready? Okay. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. So, I'll tell you the thing. Well, so something I really liked about the ending that was really creepy was when he turned the lights off and he was, like, right near her. Yes. Like, feeling around. Like, 
almost touching her, but not quite, and she didn't know it. I thought that's really spooky. So creepy. But my second mega grievance with the movie happens in this moment. I think I know what you're going to say. I don't understand why he would cock the gun in behind her. Oh, that's not what he I He would do that. He would do that when she's, like, yelling with the woman. He would right. be prepared. Right. As soon as, as soon as he knew that, like, I need to get rid of this woman, he would have cocked the gun. And he was, like, sort of getting off on the fact that he was silent around her and she was in pitch black. And that's really spooky, as I said. Mm-hmm. Total, and I just felt like it was a vehicle for ending the movie. Like, we right. need to end this movie, so we need to make her hear the gun cock and then shoot him first. And I hated it. It's you know so it's, cheap, and I you would never do that if you were a villain. No. You would I shoot them. I mean, you them. would think that he'd be way more prepared. Well, you know? the only reason he wasn't is because they were like, well, we can't make the movie go on for another ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I have to say, they, I actually thought that scene was a lot longer. From what my memory, I thought it was like ten minutes long, and I thought she was actually walking around the house. I didn't realize that she stayed essentially in one spot. Oh, yeah. Um. In my memory, remember actually that scene being a lot creepier. So I was kind of like, "Oh, it's not as creepy as I remember." And I was like, "I was like disappointed because I remember being so like, oh my god, this is so good, and it really puts you on edge." And I'm like, I love creepy shit. I love creepy shit. What can I say? Um, but um, you're right. That was well, and also not only that, but there was enough light to illuminate his forehead. So I have a hard time believing that she can't see him. His forehead. Yeah, you could see like his forehead and like the um, glasses. Like, Not in the, that. I don't think in that scene. Yeah, you, he yeah. was trying them on in like a scene before that. No, no, no. In that scene, you can see like there's a very small amount of light that's like very, like it's very, very dim. It's extremely dim, but it's enough where her eyes adjusted, she would be able to see him. Interesting. Yeah. I only remember seeing. It, like her through his goggles. I don't remember ever seeing him with yeah. the goggles. Yeah, you do see him. Yeah, in that scene. I, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but I'm just saying, like, there's enough light to illuminate at least part of his face. She would be able to see him for sure. Yeah, after her yeah. eyes adjusted. Yeah. I really liked when she found the girl and she was like, I'm here, you're safe. And I thought, she is not safe. No. And then the woman no. was like, he's crazy, he will do anything. And I thought, listen to her. Yeah. But she won only because, for some reason, he didn't have his gun cocked. Yeah, because like, if, if he had just pulled the trigger, she yeah, would have been dead. She, like, as soon but as, her response was so fast, you know, like, she heard that gun cock and she was like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like, she, yeah. She took, <laughs> you know, she was ready. Oh, yeah. She was well-trained. She was and good so at what she did, scared. but I just didn't. I didn't care for that being the way he died. Right. Um, but I liked that she. I just really. I thought the idea was spooky of him being right there because pitch black. Oh yeah, totally. It's scary. You know. I mean, well, and someone can see every move you're doing, but you can't see them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Though I and I just I don't remember why. Thought that scene was so much longer, you know. Like, it's probably I as you're a movie. kid. If you see it when you're younger, it's spookier. So it's. But the thing is, I saw that scene like two years ago. Okay, so well, it... I don't know then. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> the mind is a mysterious yes. place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I didn't think you would laugh that hard. Yes, that voice. I love the voice. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I really like that she, I like when she killed him as well, that it, like, flooded light. Like, she shot out yeah. things that were covering windows, and it sort of flooded light into his room. Yeah. So, that was kind of a neat touch. It was, it was, I mean, I, I really like that movie. I think it's really good. I think it's well done. I also think you have a lot of excellent points, though. Like, I think you're right. The the gun cocking, anyone would hear that, especially if they're like, you're on such high alert. Your adrenaline is like as high yeah. as it's ever gonna be, probably. Like you are listening for every single little sound. And yes, her response was spot on because she was like, "It's either me or him. Like either like yeah. I either like I'm gonna die and I'm gonna take that girl with me because I can't like because you know I'm the only person here or he's gonna die." And it was just so. I mean, I think if if I'm doing like a fantasy booking and mm. they say, how would you do the ending of this movie? I would say, have him hold up a gun so we know that her life is in imminent danger, but maybe she hears him breathing or something. Yeah. Like just something subtle enough. That would have been much better. That would be, because you know, he's, he's probably excited because... He's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get, you know, just something more subtle than just the laziness of a gun cocking. You know what would have been better is if he, like, had to adjust his night vision goggles. So it was like a, like, just one little click. Yeah, and just something. something. Like, very subtle. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? You know, and so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I just, you. I would have liked it to be more subtle. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. but uh, I do like how at the end she gets her badge yes. for real. And then Anthony Hopkins, or Hannibal calls her, and he says, you know, the world with you in it is more interesting. And, and I he, love how he's like, you're not in danger. Yeah. Don't worry, kid. Like, but don't find me. But I also <laughs> like, I really like that she doesn't, he said, he said to her, don't try to find me. And she says, I can't promise that. I like that, So too. even though he knows that she's not, like, they haven't reached any sort of truce on her end. Right. He's still not gonna come after her. Yeah. Well, because he's got values. Yeah. You know. And, and um. And then you see Chilton getting off a plane on some I don't know with Cuba I, or something. I don't know I where he was. I think it was but... Haiti. That was my. Oh, okay. I thought I heard someone singing in French. Oh, okay. That's why I kind of like. And I was trying to look at one of the um like, I needed to put on my glasses in order to see this to read the the like text on someone's shirt. I couldn't read it. It was too far away. But I was trying to read that. But that was my theory. It sounded it sounded like someone was singing in French. So okay. I thought maybe it was Haiti. I don't know how he knew Chilton was going to be there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the implication is he's going to eat I mean, it. obviously he knew yeah. Chilton was going to be there. Yeah. yeah like, so. I love that. I love that. He's like, I have dinner with an old friend. <laughs> no, I'm having an old friend I'm, for dinner. I'm having an old friend for yeah. dinner. That's right. That's right. That's that's exactly the way. Yeah. you got to have that word. So, yeah. I, I don't. Like, personally, I don't think I'd recommend the movie. Really? Yeah. I, I think my overall feeling was that I didn't really care for it, but I there are things that I liked about it, but it's I, just not, it's not it's something not that thing. I, it's not my thing, it's not something that I would watch again, mm-hmm. but I, I'm glad I watched it. I don't regret watching it. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I would recommend it. For sure. <laughs> Definitely. I think... If you are into movies, you need to see this movie. I think, <laughs> I think it's 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 such a classic, and Anthony Hopkins is so good, and he's so good at being this like borderline, almost likable, 
almost, like, very, very almost likable person, but you're also like, well, I'm really scared of this kid because they can fuck me up. Like, um, and I, I love a villain like that, you know? I, yeah. <laughs> he is an interesting villain. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's why I liked Edmund Kemper so much in Mindhunter was because I was like, I like him, but he also murdered a bunch of people. So, like, but he's just a likable character. Well, I mean, he was, he's a real person, but, you know, they, they did a very, very good, you know, representation of him in the show. So, anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would recommend it for sure. 100%. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that I think everyone should see this movie. I think it's a phenomenal film. I do think, um, it, it is something, I guess, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, but I agree with you, like, if you like movies, if you are a cinephile, then, yeah, yeah. You, this should probably be in your arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I think that's it. Yeah, um, this was fun. Follow us on Instagram. It's Walkers and Movies. Uh, we have Facebook, and we are on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. You can leave us five star review on iTunes. That'd be really great. We're trying to get out there. We're getting a little bit more famous every day. Well, you know we want. <laughs> She's laughing at me. Somebody um, recognized me in the grocery store. Like, oh my god, that is me. It was just um, somebody I went to school with. Oh, of course, yeah. Of course. It wasn't because of this. You buried the lead! <laughs> um, and if you have any recommendations, it's uh, watchersandmovies at gmail.com. And um, thanks to Mike for our music. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42 yep. My name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. And I think that's it. That's all. That's it. (laughs) Bye. Bye.